D F S. It is Friday, September 9th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week One Draft Kings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. Jared, we're through one game. We're not sure yet whether Allen Robinson's still playing football, but we are to the first full weekend of DFS. I know that you're not a big preseason DFS player. I'm not either. <laughs> so this is like, this is finally the beginning of DFS season, right? I would kill to have the time to play preseason DFS, but I, I'm not even close to having the time to do that. I've dabbled a little bit. And I think even if there's time, it's just the most frustrating, potentially frustrating thing in the world. I think I would rather wait until the games are for real and we have a better idea of what teams actually want to do. And I, I even stayed away from the showdown slate last night. Um, I usually get you know sucked into some of those Thursday nighters, but I I still haven't quite figured out showdown. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be focusing focusing on the main slate this mm-hmm. season. I've um, done my best work on on the DFS main slates. Yeah, I fortunately did not have time to get sucked into a showdown slate <laughs> last night. I was just doing all the last minute stuff before the first kickoff of the season, the rankings, entries, the, you know, getting all my lineups set. I think the last lineup of mine got set at like 818, <laughs> something like that. So we're there, though. The games have started and we're heading into our first full weekend of action. You can check the lineup generator on DraftTricks.com right now. We cover various slates across FanDuel, DraftKings, and Yahoo. We're going to just be talking about DraftKings and FanDuel on here today because those are the ones that people are playing the most often. If you're new to the podcast, the stream version here, we're going to do DraftKings. Then we'll take like a 10-second break, fire up the FanDuel show because those are then going to be split into two separate shows for the audio portion that I'll push out as soon as I can after that. So, Jared, without... Pushing this off any further, let's jump into playing on DraftKings this week. We're going to go position by position. And quarterback, the first thing that jumped out to me is, as usual, cheap quarterbacks jump out more on DK than they do on FanDuel. And that's certainly true when you look at the dollars per point rankings this week on our site. Yeah, what is it, Daniel Jones and Mitchell Trubisky topping the dollars per point ranking? I almost puked when I saw them <laughs> at first. Yeah, I'm I'm not going there in cash and in, in tournaments either, actually. Um, you know, we... Week one DFS almost feels like a you know, different game sometimes. And obviously we have no information, you know, the least information we're going to have all year. We have some information from preseason stuff that, you know, we'll talk about. Um, and, and also the pricing tends to be the softest of the season, or at least looks like the softest heading into it. You know, there's guys like Michael Pittman who, you know, seem $1,000 underpriced. Maybe that's wrong, but at least it you know seems that way. My point there being, I think we have the salary to spend up at quarterback this week. I think you want to probably spend up at quarterback because with the softer pricing, it's likely going to take higher scores to, to cash this week in both tournaments and uh, GPP. So we want you know, tournaments and cash games. So, so we want the upside at quarterback. I'm eyeing Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts in cash games. I'll, I'll you know, lean towards Hurts because he's $500 cheaper, um, 6800 bucks. Eagles with the fourth highest implied total on the main slate against uh, a Lions defense that wasn't very good last year. I don't think it's going to be much better this year. I think, you know, Hurts adding A.J. Brown to the mix. He can do damage in the passing game and on the ground in this game. Yeah, I, I would lean to Hertz as well. I agree that it's probably worth trying to pay up. And we have all of the teams that would normally be available available. There's no buys. Obviously, you have the primetime games. But even, you know, this year, there's only one Monday night game versus a doubleheader last year. So, you know, lots and lots of players available. The scores will probably be higher. So I would shoot for upside over trying to get some savings there, especially when you look at the names that fill the cheap QB category. I guess if you had to go down cheap QBs, Jameis Winston might be most interesting to me against the Falcons. But, you know, again, not an area that I would prefer to dabble in. Jalen Hurts looks like he's going to be 
probably the highest owned quarterback, which makes sense yep. when you compare his upside and his salary here. I don't think that matters for cash. I'm not going to worry about who's high or low owned. I'm just going to put in my best QB, right? Yeah, for sure. And of course, you know, high owned at quarterback, even in cash might mean, you know, 20%. You're not going to see massive ownership at quarterback because you're only starting one each. So I, I don't worry about ownership at all in cash games, especially at quarterback. Yeah, you will see ownership projections in the Draft Sharks lineup generator. So check all those out uh, as you're building your own lineups. Is there anybody in the 5K range that you would consider in certain cash builds, or is it just strictly expensive QBs this week? It's expensive quarterbacks for me this week because, again, I think there's spots we can save at the other positions. I do think Jones and Trubisky would be in play in you know tighter cap weeks just with the rushing ability both those guys have and the weapons both those guys have, especially Trubisky. But again, I just don't think you need those savings this week. Mm-hmm. And Trubisky also does have some rushing, which Daniel Jones has too. So, you know, maybe we'll look at those guys for the GPP side. I think if you yep. were going in the cheap range, Carson Wentz at 5,500 is interesting. Trevor Lawrence at 5,600 is interesting. Trey Lance for 6K, Jared, what are you doing with him this week? 6K, 3% projected ownership. Is he interesting for you in any type of format here? Or are you just kind of waiting to see what happens and, and you know, resting on yeah. how much you have him in season long? I think he's viable in cash with the rushing. Again, I'd rather just spend the extra 800 to get up to Jalen Hurts. Tournaments is where I think Lance is more interesting. I mean, you know, the George Kittle absence obviously hurts both his pass catching ability and as a blocker. I mean, you know, Kittle's absence is going to hurt San Francisco's run game. But, um, you know, you you could see – I think it's going to be a run-heavy game plan from the Niners on Sunday against the Bears, a game they should be able to control. But Lance could play a big part in that. Like, he could run for 80 yards and a couple scores. And at that ownership – I think Lance is, is definitely someone worth considering for tournaments. Yeah, I'm surprised to see him so low in the projected ownership category specifically. So I'll be curious to see if that rises as we get closer to Sunday. But I think he's interesting. Not sure how much I would get to him there. More of like a few lineups type of player than a centerpiece, I would think, even if he stays at that low percentage. For sure, yeah. Um, so yeah, my favorite tournament play is Lamar Jackson. I mentioned him as a potential cash game option, uh, but he's coming in at just 6% owned right now. Um, you know, with J.K. Dobbins likely out, if he plays, he's going to be limited on Sunday. Um, you know, we know Gus Edwards is out. It's, you know, it's going to be a Mike Davis and Kenny and Drake back. Though. So I think that's going to push, one, the Ravens to, to throw more, and two, for Lamar Jackson to potentially play a, a bigger role in the rushing game than he usually does anyway. So, and, and the matchup against the Jets. You know, they added some pieces this offseason, but I still think it's going to be a defense that we're attacking for much of the season. So I think Lamar Jackson is in a great spot. Um, and just 6% ownership. So I think that makes him a great tournament you know, pivot off of someone like Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and so are you stacking him with Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman or one or the other, or just kind of mixing and matching? Yeah, you know, with a rushing quarterback like Lamar, I usually prefer to just single stack him. If you're in a smaller field, I think you can get away with the, the double stack because you don't need everyone to hit their absolute ceiling. Um, so I would lean towards stacking Lamar with either Andrews or Bateman. I think I think both those guys, Bateman especially, I think we'll talk about later here, is a nice price on DraftKings. Yeah, I would say that if you are playing a bunch of Lamar Jackson lineups in tournaments, you mix up what you do there, get some Mark Andrews, get some Rashad Bateman, maybe stick a, a one or two in there that have both of those guys just in case you know everything comes together in this game. That should be more pass leaning than Baltimore might want to be because Mike Davis and Kenyon Drake look like the top two running backs heading into this game. And, you know, Mark Andrews is a bit of a pivot from Travis Kelsey, who's likely to be popular this week as well. Um, So yeah, yeah, we'll get to those guys a bit later. I think that if you are looking in the cheap range here and again, you know, you want to chase points, but I think that 
The Washington-Jacksonville game is interesting. We have 1% ownership projections on both quarterbacks, Carson Wentz, Trevor Lawrence, both in the middle of the 5K range. We got Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson on the Wentz side. We've got Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne, Evan Ingram as options on the Trevor Lawrence side. You know, is our three Ds, our three touchdowns, totally out of the question for either of these quarterbacks? I don't think so. I mean, obviously I'm not projecting that for either of these guys, but there is some scoring upside in this game where both defenses were very soft last year. There's some cheap stacking options. And then, you know, around that you have more flexibility to put in lots of those higher price studs for maybe the more attractive game. Yeah. Lawrence is definitely the guy I'd be more interested in that game. Um, you know, if he can give you 25 points and then you can, you know, avoid like a 35 point game from Hertz or Mahomes or one of those studs, I think that could be enough for a Lawrence team to win you a tournament. The, the cheap guy I had, and for me, it'd only be in like these, you know, huge tournaments that the millionaire maker on DraftKings, but Matt Ryan, um, 5,500 bucks Colts with the third highest implied total on the main slate. And everyone's going to play Jonathan Taylor, expecting him to do most of that damage. If Ryan just happens to get, you know, three of the four Colts touchdowns, then, you know, that one hurts Taylor who's going to be high owned and two is obviously good news for Matt Ryan. So, and, and again, Michael Pittman, we'll talk about is a good value. He's going to be chalky, but I think stacking Pittman with Ryan, you know, not many Ryan's going to be, you know, two or 3% owned. So I think you could play chalky Pittman stacked with Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. So moving to running back now, somebody who's going to be chalky is Saquon Barkley. And again, we don't worry about that on the cash side. Yep. 6,100 for him. He sits at the top of our DK dollars per point projections. And I think Saquon Barkley is a lot more interesting for cash lineups on DraftKings with the full PPR than he is on FanDuel with half PPR. I don't think that I, I'm nearly as interested in him there just because of the potential real weakness of the Giants offense here, though where there's plenty of reception upside. I think Barkley at 6,100 is a pretty good starting point for one of your running back slots. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm starting my cash builds with two running backs that are on what figure to be pretty bad offenses, Saquon Barkley and Najee Harris. Um, I'm just, you know, chase, especially in cash games, I'm chasing volume at running back. We have Harris projected for 23 touches this week. We have Saquon projected for 20 touches this week. Those are both top 10 marks among main slate running backs. Najee's 12th among running backs in DK salary. Saquon Barkley, 15th. I just think they're both underpriced for the volume that we're expecting them to get. I agree. I have Najee Harris down as well. 6,400 bucks. He is a workhorse. We've seen it. There's no reason to believe that'll be different this year. The only difference is we don't know what the Pittsburgh offense is going to look like. So um, both guys that should remain involved, even if their offenses fall behind and are throwing the ball a lot. So I agree. Both of those guys look good for building around at their 6K salaries. On the GPP side, I think that James Conner at 7,000 is projected for... 4% ownership, way too low. He's fifth in our DK dollars per point projections. And like we said, with Harris and with Barkley, Connor is going to be a workhorse. We're not going to get 15 Eno Benjamin opportunities in this game. We're going to get lots of James Connor. We're going to get him against a Chiefs D that was weak against everything last year and has been weak for several years against the run. So we could get a good Connor game. We can run Connor in lineups with Chiefs players. I I'm surprised. But as, I guess not surprised based on how his ADP has gone that his ownership rate is not higher here. I was going to say the same thing. I would not be surprised if that ownership climbs a bit as people realize that Ronda Moore at this point looks like he's not going to play on Sunday. We know DeAndre Hopkins is out. We'll see about Zach Ertz with his calf injury. But, you know, the Cardinals offense is going to run through James Conner and Marquise Brown. 
on Sunday. Brown's getting the ownership bump. He's going to be popular. Connor is not. And you're right. I think people just don't like James Connor. We saw that in draft season with him dropping into the fourth round quite often. So I'll be curious to see what the ownership actually comes in at. I have Connor as a, as a cash game option, even, you know, for me, it's, it's Connor or Christian McCaffrey kind of for my third cash game running back. Um, so when I have a cash game play at running back that I see come in at 4%, that that's like an awesome tournament play to me. Absolutely. I agree with that. And then on the lower salary end, if you are trying to fit in, you know, Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, a tight end, I think AJ Dillon at 5,300 looks interesting here. He's projected for less than half of Aaron Jones's ownership. He's $1,400 cheaper than Aaron Jones. And with Alan Lazard now, I forget if he's out or doubtful for this game, but either way, not likely to play in this game. So it only helps an offense that would likely be leaning toward the running backs more than last year's version anyway. So AJ Dillon, I'm not sure he makes it into cash view, but I think he's very interesting for upside on a tournament team. Yeah, Lazard did not practice again Friday. I haven't seen Green Bay's final injury report, but I'd be surprised if he played. So you're going to see a really running back centric game plan for the Packers. You could see Jones and Dylan combined for 40 plus opportunities. So I, I like both those guys. Uh, you're right. You know, Jones is going to be more popular, but I think at 6,700 bucks that Jones is worth considering too. Um, I like Travis Etienne on the lower side, 5,600 bucks. He's actually our second best dollars per point value. Coming in with 13% projected ownership, so not low owned, but that's not enough to get me off of him. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully, that you know the James Robinson news, the fact that he's going to play, and Doug Peterson saying he might play a big role. Hopefully, that knocks some people off. Travis Etienne, I'm not really buying James Robinson. I mean, we just saw Cam Akers 15 months removed from an Achilles last night do absolutely nothing. So I, I'd be surprised if James Robinson does much in this one. I think you could get you know 20 touches out of Travis Etienne with a lot of that coming in the passing game. And that, of course, came with Sean McVay saying both of these guys are starters, but I guess uh, Cam Akers <laughs> is not so much. <laughs> right. Uh, Damian Pierce at 4,800 bucks. There are plenty of people saying, is Damian Pierce going to be week one chalk? 4% projected ownership right now. And that he's facing a Colts defense that was tough against the run last year, but it's also a defense that's going to be missing Shaquille Leonard, who has been ruled out for the game. So I, I don't know, Jared, what are you, are, are you using Damian Pierce at all here? Or is it just like a, uh, it doesn't really fit this week. Well, keep an eye on the ownership projections. Those, you know, will be updated again before Sunday. If if Pierce is going to be four percent, I will definitely consider him in tournaments. I mean, we, we know the downside. The downside is the Texans fall way behind, and it's Rex Burkhead playing in obvious passing situations. Um, yeah, I mean, Pierce looked awesome in the preseason. I, I buy that he's the clear lead runner. That the the Shaq Leonard injury, Shaquille Leonard injury, obviously is a boost to the matchup. So again, if I thought he'd come in at for sure, double digits, maybe like 15% on. But again, if he's going to be for even six, seven, eight percent on, I think he's worth considering because he's 4,800 bucks. That's a nice price tag for a clear lead runner. And I know that the Colts are favored by a lot here, but there's a chance that this is a competitive game. For sure. Yeah. I mean, Texans O line, I think, is better than people are giving it credit for right now. Um, they are home, I believe, right? It's a division game. Weird, weird stuff happens. It's the NFL. That could definitely be a you know, close game into the fourth quarter. Wide receiver, and oh baby, before we get to the chalk that you were talking about, Romeo Dobbs tops the DK dollars per point mm-hmm. projections in the Draft Sharks lineup generator. 3000 bucks this week. I just mentioned, and I just checked, Alan Lazard is officially doubtful for this game, so almost definitely not playing. 3K Romeo Dobbs, I'm not sure that I need him in cash this week, but I'm certainly going to be watching to see just how high his ownership projection climbs. Yeah, again, check the updated ownership. You know, we still have him at 1%, but that's, you know, before we got this latest Lazard news. So that's obviously going to climb. I don't think it'll climb too high just because there's so many solid wide receiver options this week. I'll definitely be considering Dobbs in tournaments. I think if you're going cheap in cash, I still prefer Jahan Dotson. 
just because we know he's going to be an every down player. We saw it in the preseason. He ran a pass route on every single one of the first team pass plays. Um, so I think he's the safer cheap bat, Jahan Dotson at 3,400 bucks. But I do think Dobbs has more upside. Plus, he can be the run back in those monster Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram lineups. That's a cheap stack. You can load up everywhere else if you, if you stack <laughs> that up. You can just put Derrick Henry at every single other position <laughs> in that lineup. Uh, Jahan Dotson, 3,400, as you mentioned. Kadarius Tony, 4,100, also up there in our DK dollars per point. But for cash, Jared, I think what you really love this week are the cheap wide receiver ones. You mentioned Michael Pittman at 5,500 bucks. Rashad Bateman is 5,300 bucks. I think those two guys look like cash lineup building blocks. Yeah, those are my three guys. Dotson, Rashad Bateman, 5,300 bucks. Again, I expect a pass heavier game plan from the Ravens. And I think Mark Andrews and Jahan or uh, Rashad Bateman will be the clear top two options in that passing game. Then Michael Pittman, I mean, at 5,500 bucks, that the concern would be the Colts do win in blowout fashion. And, you know, Matt Ryan only throws it 25 times. Even then, I think you're going to get, you know, seven to eight targets out of Michael Pittman. So I think he's, to me, he's a, he's a cash game lock at that price. On the GPP side, you know, we're talking about cheap wide receiver ones. I don't think Elijah Moore is as much of a wide receiver one as a lot of people want him to be, but at 5,100 bucks, he's probably their, their top wide receiver, if not a clear number one wide receiver. And maybe he does get targeted like a clear number one wide receiver in this game. He did get to play with Joe Flacco last year for a brief time. It went very well. I'm not going to take those numbers and turn them into expectations for this year, but it would at least not be unprecedented for things to go well between Joe Flacco and Elijah Moore. They get the matchup with Baltimore, which was terrible against the pass last year. The Ravens should be a lot better against the pass this year, but what if they're not all the way better? You know, what if they do at least start out the season a little soft on that front? And this is also a matchup where the Ravens are favored by quite a bit. So the Jets should be trailing, should be throwing the ball quite a bit. Elijah Moore, not high in the ownership projections right now, which I was surprised by. Maybe that changes as we get closer to Sunday, especially for GPP fields. But right now he looks very interesting right here. Yeah, 4% for Elijah Moore in our current ownership projections. It, it looks like Juju Smith-Schuster at 12% is kind of so, soaking up all the ownership in that range. I love Elijah Moore as a run back on your Ravens stacks. You know, you go Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, and run it back with Elijah Moore and hope that, you know, he kind of puts up some points in garbage time after, you know, Lamar does his damage. So I like the Elijah Moore call. Uh, Rashad Bateman, by the way, just 6% projected ownership. Again, a cash game play coming in with that type of ownership. I think that makes him an excellent tournament option. Um, two other... Guys I have in the 6Ks, uh, Mike Williams coming in at just 5% ownership uh, in what should be a shootout against the Raiders. The Chargers have the second highest implied total of the main slate. Uh, you know, we, we know Mike Williams is the, the type of guy you want in tournaments, the big play guy, the guy who's going to see work in the red zone. Um, and then A.J. Brown, again, um, for your Jalen Hurts stacks, I like A.J. Brown, even just um, – you know, solo AJ Brown without Jalen Hurts. I like this matchup against the Lions. It was a bad wide receiver defense last year. I don't think it's going to be much better this season. Over to tight end for cash. Dallas Goddard at 4,500. Looks like a solid starting point. I think you can go down to several guys in the 3K range if needed. Gerald Everett, 3,800. Cole Komet, 3,700. But, you know, you're talking about the ownership level and the soft pricing. And I think if you if the ownership projectors we're talking about, even the highest owned guys are in the mid teens. And I think that's mm -hmm. reflective of the week that we were talking about before, where all the teams are available. There's not a whole lot of info to go on versus what we'll have, you know, six weeks from now. So I don't know that we're going to see anybody get oppressively owned, even, you know, Travis Kelsey at this position. He's probably one of the better bets to get to that area but even he's probably not going to be as high as he might be in the same situation by mid-season 
Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I think you can be flexible at tight end and cash speak. I think there's options at all three price levels. You, you know, you named Kelsey at the top. I think 6,600 bucks is a nice price for him. I think with all the new weapons in Kansas City, Mahomes might lean even more heavily on Kelsey early on this season. So I think if you want to go expensive at tight end, that's where you go. I think Dallas, to me, Dallas Goddard's my, my kind of my first guy, and I'm going to try to make him work at 4,500 bucks. Um, you know, I love Goddard in general this season. Nice matchup against the Lions, who were not good against tight ends last season. Goddard. Uh, six catches for 72 yards in last year's meeting against Detroit. And that was despite Jalen Hurts throwing it just 14 times in what was a blowout win. So, you know, he got it was in line for a huge game if that game had stayed closer. Um, and then if you do want to go cheap, I think Evan Ingram is the cash game play at 3,500 bucks. Um, you know, we're, we're buying him being playing a big role in this passing game. He's healthy for now. Matchup's fine against Washington. Super cheap. He can help you fit in a lot of other high price guys. I only didn't mention him yet because I was planning to mention him on this other side because I'm wondering if Evan Ingram at 3,500 bucks and 1% projected ownership is a joke and somebody's trolling me <laughs> in our lineup generator. People hate Evan Ingram. I mean, that's not, it's not a surprise. I mean, I, he's, he's not going to be chalky. He might come in at, you know, three, 4%, but I don't think he's going to be chalk. Yeah. I, but, but 1%, I, I think I was wondering if Kevin like jumped into the admin <laughs> just to screw with me and fake that number. Because if it's, I, I mean, if Evan Ingram is that much lower than all of the other tight ends, then it's going to make me play him in every single lineup. And I'll probably end up losing money when he only scores seven points for the week. I was going to say me and you combined might, you know, push Evan Ingram's ownership above 1% in these tournaments. <laughs> Anybody else for tournament tight end? Um, So I like, I like um, Mark Andrews as a Lamar Jackson stack. You know, the fact that he's $200 more expensive than Kelsey is going to keep people off him. Um, we have Andrews projected at 6% owned right now. You know, that's a, you know, less than, less than a half, less than half of Kelsey's ownership. So I like that. Um, and then Darren Waller, I like uh, 5,400 bucks. That seems like a nice price. He's just 8% projected owned. Um, the Chargers 28th in adjusted fantasy points allowed two tight ends last season. Again, I think that's going to be a shootout. You could, you know, stack up, um, you know, Darren Waller and then have Mike Williams on the opposite side of that game. Um, and, you know, hopefully get a big piece of what should be a high scoring game. And he would be cat. I mean, I'm sorry, not cash. He would be GPP only for me because of the hamstring. Yes. We have to assume it was a, a, a <laughs> really a hamstring injury and not a contract dispute injury. Yeah. But that, that makes him too iffy for a cash lineup for me. Yeah, I mean, even if we assume it's a hamstring, he, he it was a hamstring. He's off the injury report this week, so I'm not super concerned about his health. But you know, right. he he is still just a tournament play for me because I'd rather go up to Kelsey or down to Goddard and Cash. Yeah, I agree with that. On defense, Jared, are you playing minimum price Lions 2K against the Eagles this week as they sit at the top of our <laughs> DK dollars per point? I'm not. I think you can. Um, again, I don't. I think you can afford to go up a little bit. I'm not going too hot, too much higher this week, but I'm going to go up to the Dolphins at 2,600 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami led all main slate defenses in DraftKings points per game last season. I was actually surprised when, when I saw that. Just you know, building out lineups this morning. Um, you know, defensive scoring is so volatile from season to season. I wouldn't expect Miami to lead again this season. But it is a reminder that you know it's a it's a talented defense. They're at home. They're favorites. They get a Patriots offense that struggled throughout August by all reports, and we saw it in the preseason. So I, I think Miami. Is a, is a nice value play this week. Yeah, they're a high upside defense. They have a lot of guys that can sack the quarterback, and Mac Jones and the offense have been terrible in preseason. So it's a it's a good spot for them at home, I agree. It might be my favorite. I think the Bears at 2,200 are also interesting at home against Trey Lance. You know, if you don't want to mm-hmm. play the Lions just because of their minimum price, the Bears are pretty close to it. And, you know, Trey Lance 
very talented, but also erratic. So we could see this yeah. game. He could have a good rushing day and still turn the ball over three times in this game. Then just above that, I think Washington and Jacksonville at 2,500 facing each other, you know, both viable plays in that cheap defense range. Yeah, I really like the Bears call. Like you said, Trey Lance, obviously much less proven than Jalen Hurts. The 49ers O-line, like way, way worse than Philly's. You know, Philly has one of the best O-lines in the league. The Niners might have one of the worst. Um, so I, I like that Bears call. You know, it just takes a few big plays for them to pay off. On the tournament side, you know, if, if you want to pay up, I think the defense on the other side of that game is one of the best plays of the week in the 49ers. Just a massive mismatch with their pass rushers versus the Bears O-line. So 4100 bucks. But again, it's easier to afford a defense like that this week where the pricing is softer um, and then the Panthers defense I like too at 3400 bucks uh, there's some talent on that defense I think and they're playing Jacoby Brissett so if Carolina gets out to a lead forces the Browns to throw up more than they want to I think there's upside to the Panthers yes I actually just drafted the Panthers defense for that matchup uh, primarily in an FFPC main event draft this afternoon so I agree uh, for sure with that that's it for the DraftKings show. As I said, we're going to be doing the FanDuel one after a brief break just to switch over. But head to DraftSharks.com, check out the lineup generator, and check out all of the, the uh, DFS content. Jared and Kevin have articles both for DraftKings and FanDuel. So we've got what you need, and we're there to answer questions. Join the DraftSharks Discord to get to us individually and ask us the lineup questions that you have heading into the weekend. For Jared Small and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.